Hello and welcome to the Business of Agriculture podcast with me, your host, Damian Mason, where we get together every week and discuss interesting issues that are impacting the industry of food, fuel, fiber, and farming. Today, I've got a stellar lineup, in fact, or a star lineup. These are employees of Helena Agri-Enterprises and Helena Products Group. If you don't know about Helena, I'm not talking to, uh, to you about the capital of Montana. No, I'm talking about a crop inputs company that was begun in 1957. They've hired me to speak to a bunch of their customers here in South Dakota. They've been a great client of mine over the years, but you've never heard from them. So we're going to discuss all things that are happening in the industry from the standpoint of what happens, you know, when the seed hits the ground, the inputs, the fertilization, the new products, the technology we're applying to make this such a productive industry. My guests are Brandon Byington and Ryan Thompson. They're with Helena Agri-Enterprises. And then Dawn Brunmeyer and Josh Bohannon, who are with Helena Products Group. So welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks for being here, Josh. Thank you. And, of course, Brandon, I'm going to go straight to you. You are out here in uh, you're in the Tri-Cities, which is Kennewick and Pasco, Washington. I can't remember the name of the third one. What's the third one? Richland. And that's a big potato area. What do you do for Helena? So, yeah, Damien, I appreciate the opportunity. I'm the division manager for the Northwest Division for Helena Camel Company. That division consists of... Uh, North and South Dakota, west to the Pacific Ocean. Okay, so a lot of different products are grown in that area. That's what strikes me the most is while we're here in South Dakota, and you might think of wheat or corn or soybeans or flax or uh, grain sorghum, you've got in this 12-state area, uh, what, two or 300 products? I'm we sorry, have, crops. We have over 250 crops. Yes, that's correct. Okay, and then, Ryan, you are right here in the state of South Dakota. Tell me what you oversee and what you see. Yeah, thanks, Damien. So um, I'm the western dakota's branch manager um so 281 north and south dakota west and uh pretty much a wholesale branch um warehouses and pier south dakota rugby north dakota and dickinson north dakota i think it's important to always understand your audience here at the business of agriculture we've got everything from grain elevator operators to ag technology people on here to cranberry producers so let's say that you're in massachusetts growing cranberries or you're in the turf grass industry down in florida this is a world apart for those folks when i say crop inputs why don't you tell me what that means josh well damien thanks for the opportunity crop inputs are all the the particular things that you put into your crop to help grow it so from the fertility, the nutritionals, um, some of the chemistry to help control different diseases that impact the uh, crop throughout the year. So all those different inputs or aspects of, of the inputs, that's what, uh, that's what we do. All right. So uh, you guys are a, a wholesaler of the stuff. So if uh, the producer that's out here in any of these states that we talked about needs a, a truckload of fertilizer, is that you? Absolutely, yep. So our, our branch specifically is wholesale, but, I mean, Helena's, I mean, we're, we're split wholesale retail. So there's locations in all 50 states pretty much. All right, your competition, I know that nobody likes to admit it, but there are competitors to what you do because what you essentially do is you bring in stuff from a provider, so a supplier, a chemical that was made by BASF or a fertilizer that was mined by the people of Mosaic, and then you warehouse it, you distribute it, you get it to where it needs to be so that the producer can put it on his or her field. Uh, what else do you do? I mean, that's to say that's your product. Is that really what you're selling, Brandon? No, not exactly. But to, to clarify, we're a manufacturer, a distributor, and a retailer for ag inputs. So depending on, to add to Ryan's point, depending on what state you're in, what market, we might be wholesale in one state, retail in another. And not all our locations offer the same services. But we, 
our job is to help our customer make money and we do that through products through services through technologies so we our customer needs to get a rate of return on their investment and that's what our main goal is to help farmers produce a lot of times when you talk to business people and i try to always bring it back to the business of agriculture that this is not just you know there's folks out here that absolutely disrespect our industry but nobody within our industry does that and i'm out here talking to folks like you all the time and i say listen there's a tremendous amount of technology that goes into this there's a lot of uh a lot of things behind the scenes outside of san joaquin valley or uh, silicon valley you know you've got stuff that is using some really really advanced things and you pointed out you're not just the middleman that's the the knock on a person like you. You say, oh, well, you're just the, between the, the mine and me bringing that fertilizer. You're just going to do a markup. But you point out you're a manufacturer. I should point out in Huntington, Indiana, where my farm is, you have a facility. What do you make there? That's correct. Uh, Huntington, Indiana, we have a big fertilizer facility there. And what we do there is we make a lot of our nutritional products for our Helena Products Group. And we also blend and formulate other fertilizer-type products. Also, our Helena industry side, we have four manufacturing facilities, one in Cordell, Georgia, West Helena, Arkansas, Des Moines, Iowa, and Kerman, California. So those places where we formulate and package products for Helena and other, other manufacturing companies. All right, so going to Ryan now, uh, the one thing that, you know, the easy knock on you is you're just the middleman. You're just the place that, uh, you know, you're nothing but a warehouse. And, and that's going to be the gripe or, shall I say, the argument made by online uh, retailing. Uh, um, I know right now if I needed a shuttle of glyphosate, and if you're a listener, you say, what the heck's a shuttle? Ryan's going to answer what a shuttle is, and he's going to admit, if I need a shuttle of glyphosate, I could go online and have it shipped to my farm tomorrow. Could I not? Absolutely. But And what's a shuttle, real quick? Shuttle is a container for glyphosate. And glyphosate is the, is the is generic it. form of? Roundup. Okay. So what separates you from the online retailers? Because you are out here on the, you're on the street, man. Tell me what you're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, agriculture is a, it's a, it's a industry driven by information. Well, I mean, you have to have good information to give to the growers. I mean, it's changing every day. Um, It's getting, you know, we deal with drought and whatever. But so, I mean, whoever brings the most value to the customer wins everybody has a price sheet everybody has a truck but if you don't if you don't have a value proposition you're no good yeah i liked that brandon made a point that when i say what are you really selling because i bring that up with all business people i talk to them you know it's easy to say well we're the place where you just come and dump your grain you know i had the elevator people on if you're just the place that stores grain you are working on a true commodity mindset because all you're selling at that point is cubic space for them to put their volumes of grain you've got to take it to the next level and how you make someone's money makes a producer money or save them time is what your value offering is am i right absolutely yeah i mean it's i mean we have all kinds of whether it's agri-intelligence you know on the digital piece or just good knowledge of what's happening on the ground i mean that's that's key we talked about this, uh, and that's the reason I made you say what the trade name for glyphosate is, because if the listener is one of these people that says, I've heard of this glyphosate, what's this all about? And of course, it's Roundup, which was Monsanto's proprietary product. So eventually, everything becomes commoditized. Everything becomes commoditized. That's just been the nature of our industry, but every industry. Everything eventually becomes a commodity in the view of the buyer, but also because the marketplace cheapens the manufacturing and makes it easier. With that in mind, we're going to talk now to Josh and Don about the Helena Products Group, because you're not just a supplier or wholesaler or retailer of someone else's products. You have your own products. Don, tell me about one of the new products you have worked on at Helena Products Group. 
Yeah, that's right, Damien. Real quick before I do that, I want to just talk about the Helena Products Group. It's very unique to the industry. We're one of the few companies that have a group like we do. We manufacture proprietary products that deal with some of those technological challenges and scientific challenges in the soil environment. We have some great tools to meet those needs. So one of the products we would probably like to mention today is Zypro with VersaShield technology. We're hearing a lot about soil microbials in the market and all the pluses and minuses of trying to deal with a live organism like a soil microbe. So what Helena has decided to do is skip the middleman, that soil microbe, and provide enzymes that are actually an end product of soil microbials. So we have a protected enzyme. This has been developed through our Helena Products Group and it's a great um, example of what the Helena Products Group can do. Okay, here's the thing. There's probably someone listening to this that says, hey, I, I drive a truck, or hey, I, I bag seed, or I sell machinery. I'm not an agronomist. Uh, Don went a little deep over there on agronomy, so I'm going to kick it to Josh. Simplify a couple of those things for the listener that doesn't consider themselves an agronomist. I might point out that I was the ninth best soil judger in the United States in 1987 through the Future Farmers of America, but I also am not an agronomist, so I'm actually asking for me as much as everybody else. No, good point. And, uh, you know, I, I really liked what Don said about listening to customers. And, and in fact, that's one of the things I, I wrote down is we build products that meet our customers' needs. So in the last two years, we've launched over uh, 24 products. Uh, some of them are very unique. Some of them are just adjustments to what we've had and make make things better. But our, our goal is always to give give our customers an edge in the marketplace and provide them extra value. So any of those inputs that you asked about earlier, uh, we're just trying to improve and and just make the best product, give our salespeople like Ryan the best opportunity, you know that w- that we have out in the field. This is part of what separates you. Again, you can be very quickly commoditized, and then it just becomes how cheap can I sell a train load of something for, or a truckload of something for. So by Helena now having the product, uh, the Helena Products Group, you're special, especially manufacturing stuff that these folks can use. So my question first off is, because I asked you to explain a couple of those things. Don, you said microbial to the non-agronomist. What's that mean? Yeah, so the soil environment is very complex. There's a lot going on in that root zone of any crop that we're talking about. And soil microbials are actual live organisms live in the soil. They're native to soil populations. And they have a tremendous amount of benefits to the plants. But they are inconsistent. They can be injured by heat and drought and all those things that go along in nature. So we have to be have a consistent product that provides consistent yield results. Josh said that you have 24 proprietary products. This is a good way of separating yourselves from the, uh, the competition that maybe more is just a place to go and get your inputs that is just a warehouse. So you use this and the selling arm, we're going to talk to, to Ryan and Brandon about this. You're giving them some new bullets in the vest, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And we don't have 24 products. We have 24 products we've launched in the last two years. So we actually have over 450 products um, under the Helena Products Group. Wait, are you are you correcting me? Like, are we getting kind of aggressive here? Like, maybe like you're trying to make the host look bad? Come on, 450. Is that real, Josh? That's absolutely real. Okay, so 24 in the last two years. Give me an example. She used one that had a Z word. Give me another example of a product that you, as a as the Helena Products Group, have rolled out, and what, is it, what does it do in layman's terms? Yeah, so another really good one, um, This just this year we're launching, is a product called Orbix, which is a, it's a nutritional product that also has a bioscience element to it. So um, really good to start strong and keep your product, your plants uh, strong throughout the season. Uh, we're really excited about bringing it to the market. 
Okay, we're going to kick to Ryan now. Ryan's out here on the street. Ryan's out here and driving up and down the county roads, and he's talking to the people that are your end user. Because remember, without a customer, there's no need for any of us. I point this out all the time. The idea that we're self-employed. Oh, you farmers are self-employed. Farmers aren't self-employed. They have, until somebody buys a bushel of wheat, they've got no purpose for the wheat. It's really the same thing for all of us. the same thing for you. What Helena Products Group does, Ryan, is tries to give you a, a differentiation factor. They're giving you these 450 new products or the 24 new proprietary products in the last two years to set you apart from anybody that's got a, a price sheet and a warehouse and a pickup truck or a delivery truck. Tell me how this works on your end. What benefit have you seen just in the last two years with those 24 new products? I mean, it's, you know, so I've been with Helena now 12 years, but I mean, it's it's nonstop. That, I mean, it as as we talk about value i mean the helena products groups i mean it it's 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 what we're all about is the value of the product it's just not a shuttle of glyphosate or a load of urea but i mean they give me the benefit in the field a step ahead of everybody else and what's cool about it is as a lot of the products come from the field it's from me being with the customer and saying, God, I wish we wish we could have that. We we're able to take that back to our guys and a year later we got a product. I mean, that's the key. I'm gonna turn it over to Brandon now. Brandon is in charge of what'd you say, three to three and a half states of the twelve states that are the western region? A couple more than that. Okay, yeah. five states, seven states. The point Doesn't is, there's a lot of geography and a lot of acres, and there's also a lot of variety. So here's the thing about a challenge that you might have. What if Josh and Don and the Helena Price Group are cranking out stuff that's brilliant and so needed in Illinois? In other words, it doesn't do you any good in uh, the Tri-Cities tri- tri- part of Washington where they grow potatoes and alfalfa. What is it that you, what do you see? Do you see that there's enough broad-based stuff like I can use this but not that? Oh, most definitely. We build specific products for specific needs. And that's why, to Josh's point, that's why we have over 450 Helena proprietary products. Because these are, these are made specifically for a problem. They're a solution. And they need to have a return to the grower uh, on their uh, investment. And so not all of them are going to fit in all areas or all crops. So these are specific products developed for a specific solution. I couldn't have written the lead in any better. Brandon did a great job of setting me up because I'm just sitting here next to Dawn and I'm thinking, okay, she's more on the tech side. And I used to be in sales, Ryan and Brandon more on the sales side. And I know that the knock on sales used to be, yeah, we got these pinheads that are over here in the lab coming up with new ways to bend light, but I'm, a, I'm selling lighting fixtures. I don't need light fixtures that bend light. I just need light fixtures that work. I just need light fixtures that the customer wants. So what's the, uh, what's the shall we say, the benefit to the grower? And is that a focus that you always think of on the tech side? Yes, obviously the benefit to the grower is the end. That's the end. We have to always acknowledge that from the get-go. And the Helena Products Group has some amazing technology because regardless of what a grower thinks, they're scientists. They have to deal with soil chemistry. They have um, issues along that science that they deal with every day. And their financial investments are tied to that soil chemistry. So we as a Helena Products Group have to have products that meet those needs, help them have um, solid nutrient uptake efficiency for their N, their P, their K inputs. It goes- Wait, 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 wait. I just said we'd have non-agronomists. We've got somebody that's out here delivering uh, tractors in Alabama listening to this, and you just said, hey, you know, it helps them with the microbials and the N and the P and the K. What? You have to have solid agronomy. What's, what's, tell me, tell it real quickly what that means. 
So the soil chemistry is complicated, but we have mi macro and micronutrients that we have to um, evaluate every season. There has to be a nutrient plan. Okay, a macronutrient would be the N, P, and K. That'd be the nitrous, the phosphorus, the potassium. And then give, uh, give a few examples of the most important micronutrients. So one I don't want to forget is calcium. That's actually a secondary macronutrient, but we have zinc, um, boron, iron, a whole plethora of micronutrients. Josh, how often are you out? I mean, you're on the, the development side, I take it. Obviously, you're, you're on the tech side. How often are you actually out there getting your hands in the dirt and riding around with somebody like Ryan or Brandon so you always always are cognizant of the idea that anything you do has to have an actual benefit of time or profitability to the end user? You know, you know and I think that's the beauty of Helena, and, and, and my entire role is, is surrounded about that. Just getting to spend time with Brandon, guys like Ryan, and taking our products and adjusting them and making sure that they fit exactly to the to what we need. So we're continuously improving what we have. And uh, yeah, it's 100% of the time and, and we're set up to do that across the country. So we have teams uh, deployed throughout the throughout the U.S. to do that and, and, and improve our products, give feedback to our lab and, and continue to make our and improve our products. Do you wear a white lab coat when you go out to like a soybean field? You know, I, I don't have a white lab, a white lab coat. <laughs> test tubes do you take test tubes with you when you go out there and evaluate some uh, grain sorghum fields i might have been known to take a test tube once or twice yeah because it had a shot of liquor in it anyway <laughs> all right let's turn it over to my man ryan ryan i want you to give me an example because everybody likes an actual first-hand uh example a story that the person listening to this is like oh i see where all that innovation went from concept to now it's in the field and i'm using the heck out of it yeah so I mean, I, I, we got a new one coming out, one of the ones that Josh talked about. It's called Coron Metra. So we have its ENC technology built in to an already awesome product, Coron, that we've had for 20 years. What's Coron do? Coron is a foliar feed nitrogen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're, oh, yeah. you're starting to sound like my girl Dawn over here. <laughs> foliar feed and nitrogen. Okay, I know what nitrogen is. It's what, 72% uh, of our air that we breathe is nitrogen. I got that. I know it's really important for corn and grass plants. Okay, I got that. Foliar feed. Hey, you're getting you're getting a little over my head here. What's that mean? I mean, it's just, I mean, it, it, it uh, putting nitrogen instead of in the soil, you're pushing it through the plant. You can go with the ride with glyphosate. I mean, it just, I mean, it's a, just an, another avenue to feed the plant. More effective or more efficient way of getting the product to the plant. In the yep. old days, we just threw the crap out there, and now we're putting it where it needs to be. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely, yeah. Less pounds on the ground means more. Okay, which now brings me to the environmental aspect. We know that the environmental issue is going to be ag's biggest uh shall we say hurdle and it's been our biggest hurdle you know the cows are farting and that's the reason that we have climate change if you ask a certain uh, group of people uh we're out here using all this diesel fuel we've got these uh planes that fly around and spread chemicals out there oh my goodness the, oh, oh, the, the dr oz says we're poisoning the food let's talk about environmentalism we've got some tremendous environmental benefit with the technologies you're developing who wants to take that one Thanks, Damien. I th you know, great point. All these changes coming in the in the in the market, and with our product group and, and with our research team back in Memphis, we're able to take a lot of these formulations, consolidate them, get get less pounds of active ingredient on the ground. So, active ingredients, the what's in the which what's in our ag chemistry products. You were talking about glyphosate earlier, but there's a whole plethora of them. We're able to we're able to use 
to, to formulate it a little bit better, use less pounds on the ground. Um, and it doesn't just count for our ag chemical products. We're doing that with nutritional products. We're putting the products on when they need them. Don was talking about nutrition, nutritional needs. We're feeding the plant when it needs to be fed so we can feed it right at the right time. And I also point out to uh, any of Ag's detractors, we're using less diesel fuel because we're going across the field less because of some of our technology. Brandon, from your standpoint, you're almost my age, you told me. You've been in this racket for a while. Give me an environmental story that we should make sure that our producers know, or I'm sorry, our consumers know, rather than just us on the production side know. You bet. You know, less is more. I mean, when I started in the business 25 years ago, the rates of chemistry we were using were quarts and gallons per acre. And today, we're doing ounces and grams. So we're, we're coming out with site-specific products that get the job done and leave. They're not, they're not sustainable in the soil, and they're not there forever. They do their job, and then they leave. So lower um, half-lives of chemistry. Uh, site-specific chemistry, lower use rates, less is more, as we mentioned earlier. Is that a story that Helen is telling to uh, to anybody besides us? Because we talk to ourselves a lot in the business of ag. I point this out, that if agriculture as an industry was a human being, we'd be that crazy guy on the park bench muttering to himself. Is Helen a God outreach? Do our consumers know that we're doing less is more? I think some of them do, but we could all do a better job of, of sending our story, sending our message. I mean, the whole industry... Um, you know, we want to be better. We want to be more efficient. We want to we want to have the right products at the right place at the right time. I mean, growers don't want to spend extra money. They don't want to waste their money. They're, this is a business. This is their life. This is their livelihood. That's I the, mean, they the, want to be efficient. The example I always use is when, uh, the, when the ag ignorant crowd then says, well, and those chemical companies make these farmers use their product. I'm like, well, that's not really even a possibility. It's not as though they can do that. Well, they had to sign a contract. Like, If you use their product, then you have bought into their system. And the reason that my neighbors did that was because it made their life easier and their business more profitable. What have we done wrong in the past, Ryan? You've been out here on the street. You've you've seen what's going on. What have we done wrong? What what has the business of agriculture done wrong, specifically as it deals with chemistry and crop inputs? Since that's your angle, I mean, I would. I mean, to, to go back to Brandon's point is, we've been a horrible job at telling our story about being an environmentalist. I mean, I don't know one farmer or rancher that doesn't love the ground more than anybody on the planet. I mean, they're they are the best stewards of anybody nobody none of us want to hurt to you know but we have we have to feed the people well it's our most valuable asset and the other point that you, a real simple rebuttal is uh, when people say you're putting all this over there you'd love to use less of it if you're a producer even though you're in the business of selling it if you're a producer you'd like to use as little as possible because it's all dollars yeah absolutely i mean it's dollar dollar dollars and cents makes money i mean and our margins are so slim with low commodity prices that I mean, everything is getting looked at. Don, you're over here on the Helena Products Group side. I want you to tell me what the future looks like. What new things you've got coming in the pipeline or stuff that's just just new and, and a lot of people don't know about it? Yeah, so I think we're going to continue doing what we do, and the Less is More, less is more story is going to continue. Um, having products like Coron Metra, which is a controlled-release nitrogen, allows growers to supplement some of that soil-applied nitrogen and replace it with foliar-applied nitrogen. Um, the products like Zypro with the soil microbial, that's a very sustainable message, and then we actually can help out that soil microbe market. 
Um, we have some awesome foliar nutritional products that has the same idea where you can put more on the plant, less in the soil. So we have really begun to target our applications. Growers have nutrient management plans and every input for a grower is a cost. And so we have to be cognizant of that and um, keep that in mind as we move through our product development. Josh, sticking with product development, what new thing are you excited about? What new thing are you seeing? What new thing are you working on? What new thing did you just release that you want to tell the world about? Oh, that's a great question. Um, if you want, you can go stand in a corner with your lab coat on and your test tubes, and I'll go back and talk about sales, but I want to make sure that we get a chance to tout your, your innovation, and I know you're putting some good stuff out there. When it comes to an environmental standpoint, let's just make it an easier question for you. We know that this is going to be our scrutiny. Uh, it was just a big story here this last week about groundwater issues. What are we doing to keep chemistry out of groundwater? Well, I, and I think, I think back to what Don was saying earlier and, and what we were talking about is feeding that crop when it needs to be fed with the right amount. So we continue to focus on that area and, and develop products that, that will feed that plant. We have to continue to, to grow more, right, um, and, and, and expand what, what, a guy, what every acre is producing. So um, really that's where we focus on and where we're going to keep going is, is delivering more from every acre and developing nutritional and uh, fertilizer products that are going to keep us going in that direction. All right, going over here to the sales side. Brandon, biggest challenge, biggest challenge, not for the industry, for you, for you in the industry, for your part of the industry. What's the biggest challenge? One of our biggest challenges is probably having, you know, hourly employees that are qualified. Um, we have to compete with everybody. We have to compete with the oil business. The, some of our, our biggest challenge, I think, is having hourly employees. And and I, I look at hourly, like salaried employees, I look at it as like it's a career. But hourly employees, I look at it, it's a job. And so somebody that's just a job, I mean, they yeah. might leave for 50 cents or 75 cents. Yeah, you're, you're not paying these people minimum wage. You're talking the, the, the spray coop operator, the warehouse tender, whatever. You're, you know, you're, you're paying them 22 bucks an hour, and then all of a sudden you come in and they're not there because they decided to not show up or they went down the street for $22.25. Yeah, it, it's above minimum wage for sure. But, but that's the... That's the biggest challenge I see, and I think with all our branch managers at the local level is just the hourly good, hourly employees that can do their job and do it well, um, whether it's a truck driver, warehouse manager, fertilizer blender, like you said. I mean, it's just a job and maybe not a career. So the more people we can that can learn about agriculture and be involved with the, in agriculture like their grandparents did and I think the better off it'll be. Moving, gotta, on, moving over to Ryan. Ryan, you're uh, at your level. Uh, we know there's consolidation not only at the chemical companies, there's consolidation in the genetics, but there's also consolidation in farming because you can do more with less. We've got autonomous tractors. We've got, you know, uh, 640-acre fields. It doesn't even matter if we don't. We know that we can do more with less people, which also means less customers. Now, the media might present this as these farmers are being put out of business. The reality is technology and evolution is doing this. You're going to have less customers 10 years from now you do now, not because you did anything wrong, just because there's less people producing it. How do you prepare for that? I mean, Helena Products Group brings that to us. It gives us a value that it's hard for people to leave us. I mean, we bring a value to the customer, which gives a return to the grower that it's i mean it's hard to leave us i mean we we have we have a we have a lineup that's 
pretty braggable. Hard to leave us. I'd say what that's almost like. That was almost like the the cocky guy that just thinks this woman's going to stick around forever. You can't get too cocky like that, though. So I know you're out there serving them. Besides serving and bringing new technology, what do you see happening in the future to make sure that the customer stays with you? I mean, technology. It's that's. I mean, whether it's whether it's whether it's new chemistries or whether it's new monitors and tractors, but it's 100% technology driven that I see now. I mean, all right, moving forward, the future of the business of agriculture, Josh, what excites you? What do you see happening? Give me either a bold prediction or what excites you, or just give me something about the future. You know what I'm really excited about is agriculture is such a fun place to be in. The population continues to grow. People continue to eat. Um, so we got to keep producing more. We got to produce more from less. I think, you know, Damien, you've been, you've been talking about it. We, we need to tell our story. We got to get people excited about what we're doing on the agriculture side and helping people to grow all these crops, all this food, all this fiber. So t- to me, really, it's about how do we continue to get yields up so we produce more sustainable on every acre that we're, uh, that we're touching. All right. So I just said what excites you. You can tell me what excites you or worse yet, Don, what, what scares you? What concerns you? You know, um, I think agriculture overall has an amazing outlook, and there's a lot of great young people that are starting to realize that. But um, it does it does worry me that our general public um, maybe has had it too good for too long, and agriculture has been an amazing tool for the success in America and our stability as a country. And hopefully, we can get some young people involved in this in this. Um, community and promote agriculture because farmers are truly stewards. You have multi-generational families working on the same plot of land for five, six generations in some case. So this is a great story to be told. It's a good story, but I do point out the limitations that if we have so few people and we're also producing it so well, there's just going to be, when everybody says we've got to educate the consumer, well, I don't believe that that's even necessary because the reality is they don't care that much. They care about themselves, and it's just the symptom of a very affluent country. Going back over to the sales side, what scares or concerns and what excites you about it, Ryan or Brandon? Anything? When I think about the future, I get excited about the fact that we're going to probably, honestly, have a bunch of new products that the world doesn't even see right now because we already know we can handle corn and soybean production pretty well. Now let's talk about quinoa, kale, or cannabis. And, 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 I, and I, I mean, it's happening. There's a reason that Altria, the parent company of Marlboro, bought a 45% stake in Canada's biggest uh, cannabis company. Are you going to see things like this in South Dakota someday? I mean, it's just diversification. I mean, it's all about dollars and cents. And if some, I mean, a grower's a grower, whether he's growing marijuana or whether he's growing corn, if he can make a profit off of it, he's going to do it. Closing thoughts. Anybody got anything they want to go before we close out here? I've been talking to the good people of Helena, Helena, and that's also Helena Products Group, as well as Helena Helena, which is also called what? Helena, I'm sorry, I lost it. Agri-Enterprise LLC. The company's been around since 1957. They've been a customer of mine. They've been a client of mine. I really appreciate that. But also, I thought we'd give you some good perspective from what they're seeing on their end, from the innovation, from the distribution, from the sales side. Anybody got a closing thought? Anything they want to contribute? Anything that a person in the business of agriculture needs to know, think, or do? Well, from from our perspective, you know, it's all about the return on investment for our grower. It's all about agronomics and economics. And for for our position at Helen Agri Enterprises, I mean, we, we need to do a needs assessment of the customer, find out what they need, give them a solution, and give them a return on their investment. That's ultimately what, what we do, and we do it with people, products, and knowledge. And, again, I appreciate the opportunity. Damien, I think you're the rare hybrid between agriculture economics 
and all the things you do. And I appreciate what you're doing for our business and our industry. Look at that. I couldn't have asked for a better way to close. He set me up earlier, and he just closed it out for me. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Business of Agriculture, our good friends, Brandon, Ryan, Josh, and Dawn, and our spectator studio audience, Jake and Shane, who have been in here also. Just having a, just having a hell of a time watching what we're saying. Until next time, this is the Business of Agriculture. I'll be here. Thanks.